Good afternoon and welcome back to Coffee with a Kick. Xander here, Keegan there, and we, you know, actually, this was a pretty good match day for us. Uh, all in all, we went six and four apiece with some variations on the two, so we're, we're, we're kicking it back into high gear for the last quarter, half, third of the season or so. Last third of the season. Yeah, we so. are. Yeah, we're we are. We're gonna we're gonna work our way back towards five hundred uh, and end end it end it nice and good, uh, finish good. That's that's our plan. Uh, but what do you say we just go ahead and hop right into the match day itself uh, with some interesting results? This first one though, Manchester City hosting Everton was not particularly interesting. It was one of those smother them till they're dead sort of games by Manchester City. Could have been worse for Everton than the 2-0 that it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, it took them a long time to get going. Really not a lot in the first half at all happened. Yeah, you know, it like you said, it felt like Everton was playing fine. They kept City out of the final third for a while. I mean, City had almost 20 shots, only three of them on target. So, yeah, it really did feel like one of those matches. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a sloppy first 15 from Doku especially. Tried to give yeah. it away a couple times there by, for Everton there early in the match. Um, but then after that, we get to the second half, 71st minute. Uh, Everton can't clear their lines from a Manchester City corner kick, and it falls to Holland. He finally gets back on the sheet here for 2024. Uh, what was it? Seventy-seven days since his last goal, which is is a long time for him. Um, but that second one, there it was. That Kevin De Bruyne just mm, chef's kiss pass right to Erling Holland, and this time he doesn't bungle the the left-footed curler around the goalkeeper, puts it away. Two nil ends up being an easy victory there for Manchester City over Everton. Yeah, they. The other stat that I saw was that Rodri, I think he's now 36 games unbeaten. Like, or 36 really? straight wins, I think, with him in the starting lineup. It was something yeah. wins unbeaten, but apparently he has not lost since like 2022 when he's been in the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah. He was he was pivotal in, in man maintaining the Manchester City side while Kevin De Bruyne was out. Um, so once he went out, he went I was out there for a couple weeks there in December when City started slipping. Um, he came back, kind of right the ship, and now KD. Now everybody's back. Now everybody's back, and yeah, it's going to be tough for the rest of the t the table up there uh, at the top to to keep keep City behind them. Uh, going to have to keep being productive. Uh, but we both got that one right. Both thought City would win. Uh, it was closer to yours, I would say, than it was to mine. I said three to two. You said four nil. It felt closer mm. to a four nil than a three to two for sure. Um, but hey, in the end, they both pay out the same. And next up, ha ha, Fulham Bournemouth. The streak is broken, my gentlemen. Uh, I now have gotten one Fulham pick correct in a row. I will try to keep it going. We both got it right because Bournemouth was not particularly interesting coming into this match. And mm -hmm. uh, it ended up uh, ended up being, you know, Bournemouth had their chances here. Bournemouth had their chances. Wow. The first one was a bit unlucky for Bournemouth. 
Um, by by the number four there on Bournemouth's side on defense, slipping as he was about to clear the ball, which gave uh, who was that number four on their team? Yeah, Lewis Cook slipped and fell in right inside the penalty area and gave the ball right to Fulham's uh, attacker there, De Cordova Reed. And he placed in a very easy goal at that point. Unfortunate on their Ooh. side. Maintained it a little bit um, until the 36th minute when William, William really was, the, was I, I think if he didn't get man of the match, he probably should have had it because both these other goals here by Fulham were William specials. Uh, the first one was yeah. a fantastic floated pass to the backside. Cordova Reed, Nate Cordova Reed, another slick little run, heads it back across to Muniz, uh, who who puts it in cleanly. And then, uh, uh, oh, what happened there? Uh, and then on the 49th, oh, 50th minute goal by Senezi, that was his first touch on that, corner kick that was headed back to him was incredible. I mean, he was back to goal, flips it up to himself, does the shoulder turn, and then kicks it in uh, on the backside. Very nice stuff. You felt that Bournemouth had a little bit going for a half second there, but two minutes later, Willian, again, from, from from left side to right, floats it beautifully, this time directly to Muniz, who puts it into the back of the net. Um... Yeah, and it was – from there, Fulham was able to kind of coast to the end uh, for the last majority of the of the second half. Yeah, you know, at home, I felt like Fulham – I don't even remember what my prediction was, but going into the match on the, on the day, I felt like Fulham just had it going for them being at home. Yeah. They're now seven games. They've won six of their last – Five of their last seven, unbeaten in six of their last seven at home. So, I mean, they're starting to use Craven Cottage as kind of their fortress of sorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like you said, didn't feel like Bournemouth really got anything going until the goal. And then it felt like maybe, I mean, 2-0 is that lead. You don't want to give up. Um, Most dangerous lead in yeah. sports. Yeah. And turned out it's also pretty dangerous to let the other team score right after you score. Yeah, and it it was just unfortunate. After that, Bournemouth kind of looked dejected. Didn't look like they had a lot of fight. Yeah, we both got that right. You had it three nil. I had it two one. So we split that one pretty close, uh, as far as predictions are concerned. Uh, then also on Saturday we had Liverpool and Burnley. This one was more interesting than it seems when you look at the final scoreline, for sure. Yep. I mean, Burnley played very well. Uh, during this match. And uh, 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 let's see here. Yeah, it was it was a good showing by Burnley. It's just it didn't end up going their way. Um, yeah, just really tough there in the second half. I felt yeah. like first half Burnley played extremely well. I felt like Liverpool's goal was just uh, a classic Jota... Um, Jalta strike. And then mm-hmm. you had O'Shea there in the 45th, tying it back. I felt like going into half that Burnley may squeak out some points. I just felt like they were a little overrun, a little unlucky there in the second half. But yeah, definitely not a 3 1 that was like a dominating 3 1. 
No, I, I figured out what happened. I put ever I put Everton in here as a note for the Burnley match, and it really threw me for a minute. But yeah, the sloppy the sloppy defense by Burnley was to be expected to give Louis uh, Luis Diaz the second goal. But sixty fourth minute, sixty seventh minute, two big chances from Burnley that should have been put away to draw them back yeah. level. Odeber on the first one, the sixty fourth, and the Fofana on the second and the sixty seventh. I mean, it was. They had the chance to be in this match, but in the end, they are still a relegation side, and it, and it came through in those two moments there where they could have they could have gotten back into it, but then uh, but they didn't, and then you don't clear the ball, and the recycled the recycled ball from that corner kick gets to gets to Nunez who who puts in a tough header. Uh, the recycled ball that was a good header. I mean, he was leaning back. Nunez has not been great this season for Liverpool, but he came through on that one and, and really did seal the match in the 79th. Um, yeah, but Ever- Burnley had their chances. I said Everton again. Burnley had their chances. Uh, we both got this. Well, you got this one wrong. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did you go 5-5? Five and five? I accidentally marked that one as a correct one. Oh, dear. One, two, three, four. Man, I had my hopes up on a... Above uh, 500 weekend. Nope, it's a five and five. Uh, I I personally felt pretty good about Burnley in the first half. I was feeling like they had a chance. No, your draw was looking very good, and if and if yeah, you know, the draw was looking very good for this one. And like I said, sixty seven that those those five minutes there in the sixty uh, sixty four to sixty seven or whatever go go the way they should have. You probably would have gotten the draw correct, and then I would be at five and five, and you would be at six and four. And where in the world would we be at that point? Well, I'll let everybody know here in just a second. Uh, let me get you started on this next one, so I can then I'll update the rankings. Um, yes, and then and then Luton Town and Sheffield United. Uh, they're at at Kenilworth Road. We both got this one wrong. Why don't you tell us how it went? Yeah, this one, I, I don't know. I, I felt like Luton Town just came in very flat. It felt like, I mean, besides possession, it felt like a Burnley game. Like, Luton just had a ton of possession, a lot of random shots, but not really, like, a ton of quality shots. And... Mm-hmm. I mean, they just let Sheffield get in behind a couple of times, and that was the that was the decider. So, I mean, Sheffield United very clinical, three shots on yeah. target, three goals. Luton yeah. Town gets the penalty in the fifty second, but I mean, I don't know. Once they went down two zero at half, I really, I didn't feel like even after the penalty that Luton was going to end up getting points. The crowd was behind them, but. Sheffield just kind of parked the bus till they got a chance there in the 72nd. Yeah, well, and both they team, it. Yeah, both teams shared inadvertent penalty kicks off of handballs, essentially. Uh, but yeah. Cameron Archer uh, uh, really bungled uh, an opportunity there. In the, in just be- and then he comes back 30 seconds later and scores and redeems himself completely. But yeah, on the 70, 72nd minute, the, the goal there for Sheffield United that really put it away, it was, it was classic-looking Luton. Uh, from earlier yeah. in the season, totally unmarked on the backside of play for like a solid 30 seconds. No one was looking at him. No one even knew he was there. And the ball just squeezed over to him. 
and he had a free shot on goal, put it away, and Sheffield United will take it. I mean, this, this was huge for them. This was basically their season, and it did feel like it. They, I, this one, Sheffield came out with the proper energy that they knew that their uh, their Premier League lives were on the line. Um, so good on Sheffield for for coming up to the occasion. Uh, Luton, disappointing after your recent run of success. I mean, it, it, you didn't look like the same team, and you were at home. I don't understand it, but you know, it's gonna happen. It gives uh, it gives Everton a little bit of hope, so even though they since they lost that they that they <laughs> that Luton kept pace with them uh, as far as negative mm-hmm. points are concerned. Uh, yeah, I mean, really strange how we've seen Luton play really well against the big boys and yeah. really poorly against the bad boys. So, yeah, I share in your sentiment. Like, I don't know what – this was a must win for both teams, and Sheffield had the upper hand. Yeah, and now and now we they almost uh, – well, they got – they're not up to 13 points. Good for Sheffield. They're tied with Burnley now at 13 points at the bottom of the table. Just negative 38 goal difference is hard to overcome if you're Sheffield. Negative 38. That's not great. Um, Why they got to win. Just keep winning. Yeah. If you, winning solves a lot, you know? I've heard that said before, and I think it's true. Uh, then to then to one another match that got away from someone. Uh, similar to, to up there with Liverpool and Burnley. Only, I think, worse, probably, was the Spurs <laughs> and Brighton match. Because this one was 1-1 for, well, it was, Brighton was up and playing better than Spurs for a lot of this match. Uh, They had the 17th minute penalty for Pascal Gross that he put in. Um, Where are the other starts? Yeah. Uh, Man, Danny Wallach almost had, 30 seconds in, Danny Wallach almost bit one back post. It was very close. Great save by the Spurs goalkeeper there. Um, But then then they kind of got into the swing of things. And Brighton was in it, you know? Spurs didn't look like they were outmatching them at all. Um, then Saar got a, a goal there in the 61st. And you think, you thought it was going to trail down to a 1-1 draw. Both sides had their chances. Um, but Brennan Johnson kept at it and sung, uh, sung, sung great ball across to him. I mean, really, this goal was on, on Sun. Because uh, he got the assist through, and Brendan Johnson was just in the right place at the right time on the backside of play. And for once, Spurs get the late goal, and they don't concede it. Uh, so they they escaped this one. I feel like, and it you know they needed it if they're going to try to try to make a play for the top of the table um, with Liverpool and Manchester City already notching wins on the week. Yeah, it was tough to see how the first Spurs goal went in. I mean, Saar takes a shot, deflects off of Dunk, then yeah. off the post, then right back, pretty much right back to his foot. And then he gets the goal. So, uh, tough one for Brighton. I get it. But the second goal, I mean, Johnson was unmarked. Yeah. He is unmarked. Yeah. No defender around him. Everyone's ball watching, looking at Son. And I don't know, leaving him unmarked, they deserve to lose that. First goal, unlucky. Second one, you just got to play better defense. You gotta stay. You gotta stay engaged. It was. The, I mean, it was the end of the match, but you gotta stay engaged. Um, yeah. So tough for tough for Brighton. Um, you got that one right. You thought the top was gonna win. I thought it was gonna be a draw. It was looking good for such a long time. <laughs> so close. Uh, then two one. I did get right, and you got wrong. 
because I did not believe in my wolves, and uh, <laughs> I was unfortunately rewarded in this one. Although two nil doesn't tell the full story, I think there was there again. Our offense is looking much more fluid. Just a lot of it. it you know what it. Brentford's goalkeeper, uh, uh, what's his name? It's, uh, come on. Let me check the lineups here. Flecken. I don't think it's it's Flecken. Yeah, Flecken. Flecken looked as good against Wolves as he did against City last week. You know, Mm -hmm. he kept Brentford in the City match a long time when they probably shouldn't have been. And he basically gave the the, uh, Brentford Bees the win this time. Even when arguably my Wolves probably should have gotten some. Because we had some very good chances. There's some great shots, great movement. But Flecken it was just kept up the, the good form from his last one. And and uh, they got two past us. Really, it was our defense letting us... Uh, both of these were defensive letdowns. On on the first one for the Norgard, the, I, I can't remember which defender it was, was, was marking Norgard and the ball came in and he just expected the goalkeeper to get it. He let off and let Norgard go unmarked because he thought the goalkeeper would just be there, which is not a good thing to do. You got to wait until he calls you off. Um, so that was an easy one there. VAR. Oh my goodness, we did have a goal. I, forgot, I almost forgot about that. We got VAR again by a toenail. It was like it was it was like the inverse of when uh, Michael Phelps won the what was it the the butterfly by point zero zero. Two thousandths of a second or whatever, uh, by because he didn't clip his fingernails that day. It was like that, but bad and VAR offsides for the Wolves. Yeah. Uh, and then and then the defense broke down again there in the seventy seventh minute, leaving Tony. No, that was a defensive let giveaway, and then they just pinged it through us very quickly because it was a, it was a dumb giveaway uh, on our half. Yeah, that one was tough. That was tough. Brentford deserved the win. Because they beat us. Yeah, I mean, after the first goal, it felt like Brentford was pretty okay with just sitting back. Mm-hmm. Wolves had a majority. I think from their first goal on, I think Wolves had like 85% of the possession for the rest of the game. And it really was just a classic, you're right, just a giveaway, counterattack. They were outnumbered. Um, I think it was Janolt, maybe, who whips that ball into Tony. I mean, he just, he's a striker. He knows how to score and he just pushes it past soft. So, I mean, I feel like Wolves just didn't have a lot of, yeah, they had good chances. Like you said, Flecken played well. They just weren't very clinical. Some of his saves were pretty easy saves. Yeah. Um, A couple of them though, I mean, pretty, pretty amazing saves. He reminds me of, um, Casper Schmeichel mm. when he was at Leicester in the probably like 10 years ago. But like he could just make saves and you're thinking there's no way he's yeah. going to get to that ball and somehow it's a fingertip to it. So, uh, yeah, I think Brentford had their game plan. They got the goal and they stuck to it. And I think Wolves just didn't really know how to break through there at the end. So the yeah. VAR was dejecting though too. It looked yeah. like after that the, they were not as eager to press and attack. Yeah, it was tough. It was a tough one. Um, and then to a match we both got right, although it was much more interesting than we thought. Uh, Nottingham took on Newcastle 
and hung with him for the most part. Um, this one was this one was an entertaining match through and through, uh, uh, up until that third goal there by Newcastle, and then they kind of shut it down after that. Uh, but how this one? How'd this one set up for you? Yeah, I felt like Newcastle played well. This felt like the Luton game all over again. I genuinely thought going into halftime, it's 2-2 again. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, boy, it's going to be 4-4 again. I felt like (laughs) halftime, I felt like both teams made adjustments on defense, felt a lot more conservative, Mm -hmm. did not feel as free-flowing as the first half. But, I mean, Newcastle, Gimaresh getting the 66-minute goal, it felt like after that they knew that if they could just control possession, they'll get the game. So I felt like they did an actually pretty excellent job after taking the lead of actually playing defense, something they've been known for. Mm-hmm. And yet over the past 10 match days, they haven't been able to back it up. So I, they look, second half looked a lot better. Yeah, and that the their uh, set piece work there on the tenth minute goal for Gimaresh's first incredible set piece. I mean, that was very well worked for the ten minute twenty six minute when Nottingham came back. Boy, that was that goalkeeper was out on a ledge and he left himself there. Uh, that was not the best goalkeeping play that you'll see all week. Um, and then a crate the 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 Hudson was it the Hudson Adoy. Yeah, I think it was the Hudson Adoy. Uh, goal was just a crazy deflection. They got pretty lucky on to get it to 2-2 just at the half. But yeah, the Gimmerich got the second one with great strike. Uh, uh, no, the Fabian Shaw was the great strike. And then it was another set piece for... Did I get those backwards? I think I got those backwards. It was a great strike, I think, for Gimmerich for the third. And that put put uh, uh, Newcastle away for good. And yeah, they were able to coast there from there on out. Um, and take the full three... Um, yeah, my favorite commentary was the Hudson Odoi goal. After the goal, the commentator mentions how it was such a great strike by the defender. Yeah, because um, <laughs> I mean it's it's probably going to be saved, and then it just hits off. It just beats the Brabka near post, yeah. and it was like if he would have meant to do that, it would have been a he'd be striker central. But I, I don't know. It was Hudson Odoi. It was really out of nothing. Mm, he just kind of yeah. got a pass, just took a shot. Lucky deflection. So, yeah, but Newcastle me, responded. They responded. They, Newcastle, they they stuck with it, uh, uh, and then that finishes that finished up Saturday's action. Um, did I say? Yes, we both got that one right. Yes, and then to Sunday, you know, just a chill, super chill Sunday, just a six nil victory for West uh, for Arsenal over West Ham. I got this one right because I'm not crazy. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, also. Broke the streak here as well. Ha <laughs> ha! No more ten loot, ten straight losses for me on any team. No active streaks for losses uh, to that degree. But uh, wow. I only had it as three one for Arsenal. But it was I. It was so much worse than that. I mean, Arsenal. It was like the first was it the first twenty minutes. West Ham looked decent and they were in the match a little bit. But we hit like the twenty first minute and Arsenal just. They couldn't be stopped at that point for the rest of the half. Um, and ended up scoring four in the first half after not doing anything cool for the first 20. Um, yeah, and it was it was an onslaught, really, is what it was. It, to me, it felt like 
a very good team who had been playing decent as of late, but had a few games where they just weren't fluid, weren't playing mm-hmm. like they know to play. And yeah, I mean, once Saliba got his goal, it felt like the floodgates opened. Yeah, like all of a sudden something clicked because even before the penalty, they, I mean, they looked like they were free flowing. They looked comfortable. So I don't know what that Saliba goal did for them, but it, it kind of broke them out of this mentality that they've been in the last 12 match days. So I would be scared to face Arsenal right now. I don't think this was yeah. a fluke 6-0. They looked really good. They looked like a team that is on a mission to win the Premier League. So uh, after this one, I think it could be a three-horse race, Liverpool, City, Arsenal, and it's going to come down to whoever beats each other, to be honest. Yeah. And, and Trossard's and Declan Rice's goal, Declan scoring against his former squad, very respectful in his celebration, which he didn't have one, but both of those were great hits. Um, really good goals there, just to put the icing on the cake. And then after the 65th minute, like there were plenty of other chances for Arsenal to score, but they didn't care to score, really, is what it came down to. There's a lot of dink and dunk passes inside the West Ham box that no one just put a foot to. Um, so it could have been it could have been worse than than 6-0, and that's that's pretty crazy to say. But West Ham definitely did not show up on this match. They never and, looked like they were in the game. Yeah, they they are ooh boy, I'm looking at their recent results and they are winless in their last five after a nice three win streak that they had back in uh late December. But draw against Brighton, draw against Sheffield, draw against Bournemouth, loss against United and loss against big loss against United, three nil, and now big loss six nil to Arsenal. So that is not what you're looking for. Uh, they do get Nottingham Forest, so we'll get someone. Well, I say that. I say that someone's got to do good, but they don't. We could have a bad match. You say <laughs> that, it's going to be a nil-nil draw. I I might pick it. I might pick a nil-nil draw. I don't have confidence in either of these teams. Um, to a team that I had confidence in until recently on the other Sunday match, Aston Villa falls to the rejuvenated Manchester United. I guess those conversations that uh, uh, Tin Hag had during the international break were successful because they are they are looking like a decent Premier League squad. Yeah, I this one. I feel like Aston Villa played well, especially after. Douglas Louise's goal. I mean, it really felt yeah. like Aston Villa was going to go on and win it. Like, crowd was behind them. They had more possession. They had the ball. And then you just get kind of a glancing cross in. I think it was Dallo, who it was yeah. really just off like a, a pass from wherever the man you guy was. And he just rifles it in. McTominay's bodying, uh, I think it was Matty Cash. And I mean, a rifle header to win it. And I think they said McTominay now might have 10 goals on the season. It's like the most goals he's ever had times two yeah. in a Premier League season. So, and he was a sub. He came on like the 75th minute. So that makes Ten Hag look like a good manager, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, I feel like Man U played it well. I mean, they took advantage of their chances and yeah, they I mean, knew it was a hostile environment. But like you said, they seem like a different team, especially now that Hoysland is scoring. 
Yeah, they yeah. Looked like, I mean, he was lucky to be on side on that first one, getting played on by. I think it was uh, uh oh, who was it? He got played on sides there. Otherwise, it would have been it would have been easy offsides call. Um, on the first one, I think it was Leon Bailey who played him on side. No, Ollie Watkins, I think one of those two. Leon Bailey or Ollie Watkins had played him on side there for the first goal. Unlucky for Aston Villa. And then, yeah, you're right. They were in it for a long time. Because typically Aston Villa plays well at home. Um, that it took them until the 67th minute to finally break through is a testament to United being stalwart. Onana actually had a good match. Like, I didn't feel like he had his his characteristic bungling of something. Um, yeah, he played well. I mean, even the yeah. commentators were mentioning that he looked more sure-handed in this match. Yeah, so I, if, and if he can carry that through, you know, they they might be able to sneak up into that premier. I mean, this was big for their for their uh, their Champions League hopes or their European hopes, uh, get, taking the three points away from Villa and getting three points up on them. I mean, they're still down five uh, yeah. uh, to get to fifth, and that's fifth is the flex one, right? If if a, a, if an English team wins it, then the fifth team will go to the Champions League. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise, it's otherwise it's the uh, uh, Europa League for them. Um, yeah, but it's United. Listen, they deserve the win. Uh, they were able to hang on, and we'll see how the rest of the season plays out for them. Uh, let's see. Uh, they've got Luton Town next week, so that's that's a nice matchup for them. So we'll see what happens. And then to uh, the match from yesterday, yesterday, Crystal Palace and Chelsea. Uh, we both got the Aston Villa one wrong. You got this one right because you said Chelsea was going to win. Um, my first then I my, broke my curse. Yes, well, you, yours has been very hit or miss throughout the year. You haven't you didn't have a huge streak going um, for Chelsea, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. You had missed. Ten in a row back in the middle of the season. Um, uh, hey, I'm, I'm on the up and up. You're on. We're, we're on. both on the up and up here. But my my draw was looking good for a long time, and Crystal Palace, like they they were in the match. They were looking pretty good. Ninety plus one. Gallagher gets. I mean, his first one was was a really nice goal. Uh, hold on, where's my note? There it is. Yeah, the uh, second one was a tough one. I mean, it's a quick cross in. He takes it one time. Yeah. Really, across the goal. Both of his were very good. Uh, both of his goals were very good. Um, yeah, Thunder's a good ball. It was a beautiful, blah, 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 blah. beautiful strike after a scramble for the ball. That's my note for Lerma's goal. I can't picture it in my head at the moment, but apparently it was a beautiful strike after a scramble for the ball. Got the mm. the first goal there for Crystal Palace. They go into halftime up one nil. Feeling pretty good. Gallard gets the first there in the 47th. And then things just kind of chill out for, <laughs> for the rest of the half. And then we get to the 90 plus one with the second Gallagher. And then and then uh, Crystal was pushing for a draw and they got caught. They just got caught. Cole Palmer uh, sprung a, a, a very adept counterattack. And Enzo Fernandez put the match away uh, for Chelsea. Um, yeah, if you want to see an yeah. ankle breaker in soccer, go watch Fernandez's move. He gets the ball and just sits his defender down as he goes. I mean, it flies it was, by. It was a beautiful move. 
Yeah, it was it was good. I mean, Chelsea I, again. We got some so, some sides that are starting to look decent that had not previously in the year. Um, I mean, Chelsea's still down in tenth, so they've just moved back into the top half of the table. Um, they do have City up next, which is not great. Uh, they are at the Etihad, so you yeah. get to look forward to that. Chelsea, good luck, have fun, uh, try not to lose too bad. Um, but that brings you know, us with, like, oh, go ahead. I was going to say with Chelsea, like they're so young. There's been so much turnover, and there's already murmurs that Pochettino may be let go again. And you just got to give him time. Like if you give this team two years to really figure out their identity, keep some players. I mean, they could do stuff like they did against Crystal Palace. They'll win the league. If you give Pochettino three years, they'll win it in year three. I'm going to guarantee that. But wow. I just don't know if Bowley is willing to wait. And if he does, it'll pay off. But it's as we've said and as everyone knows, when you bring in 47 new players, they're not just going to mesh together just because they're all good. You got to yeah. give them time. So, Yeah. Yeah, you got to find your formation. You got to find your, your guys that play well together. Um, it's... It's not as easy as it, it would as you would think, um, but that brings us to the end. Uh, that is the match day that was, right? That was the weekend that was match day twenty four. Yeah, that's it. That is the weekend that was match day twenty four. Like I said, I went six and four. We discovered that you actually went five and five. Uh, but you know, I was still, feeling so good, and then you ruined it. So I did. I did ruin that. it. But you also picked Burnley to draw Liverpool and Arsenal to to draw West Ham. So I think it's partially on you, um, as the saying goes. For the us thing here. is, had I gotten them right, though, I'd look like a genius. So you know, it's always at some yeah. point. Yes, <laughs> in, in honor of in honor of the Super Bowl just wrapping up uh, on Sunday. If you go for it on fourth and down and convert it, you look like a genius. If you don't, you look like a chump. So, does that mean does that mean I'm calling you a chump? I mean, like in the transitive I mean, property record, of right English. Now my record, sure. I'm a chump. I'm a chump right now with my record. I'll take it. And we're both chumps with it. our records at this point. We're, uh, we're 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 getting better though. We're getting there. We're gonna get there. We're getting there. We're getting we're there. Getting. Speaking of uh, uh, records, hey, Champions League's back this this uh, uh, midweek. We got four matches, count of four matches here. Uh, I'll cross uh, two on Wednesday and two on Tuesday. I did those backwards. They'll be coming up here shortly today. Uh, we've got RB Leipzig taking on Real Madrid. Uh, let's see. I had that written down. Uh, it is the runner-up of Group G, RB Leipzig, versus the winner of Group C, Real Madrid. And then Copenhagen, the runner-up of Group A, takes on Manchester City, the winner of Group G, for Tuesday. Um, it's I, I have I forgot to write down my picks for this. I think City's going to win, obviously, because Copenhagen was the was the side that everybody was hoping to play um, for for the runner-up side because they barely made it through that that lower half of the table. I mean, they everyone lost to uh, uh, Bayern München in that one. And Copenhagen was able to sneak out over uh, Galatasaray and Manchester United. I don't think that Copenhagen's going to be able to stop a fully fit Manchester City. Uh, I think it goes... They've got a pretty good 
record at home. So they may be able to keep it close for a little bit. Ooh. I'll put it at one to three for City. Um, yeah, I feel like one to three. And I think Copenhagen may even score first. Because City's been a little slow coming out of the gates these past couple weeks in the in the Premier League. And you do that at home to Copenhagen and you, you could let one in easy. Yeah, our selection is almost the same. Except I have four to one Man City winning. I agree. I think Copenhagen's a little better at home. I City in the Champions League has been different than City in the Premier League. Champions League, besides the very last match week, I mean, we were starting off hot, maintaining the lead, building upon the lead. So I think we come out two goals in the first 20 minutes. We establish the lead and just we take it 4-1. I, if you like ever a- wanted to see... A yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave it. Those went poor one. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the match that they had a few weeks ago, uh, where they dominated. Which one was that? And they gave up a silly goal at the very end. I think that was the Burnley match, City and Burnley, where they gave up a dumb goal at the end there to ruin my three three zero perfect pick. Something along those lines, what you're thinking there. And then for RB Leipzig and Real Madrid, um, I think Madrid wins just on, on on talent, but RB Red Bull Leipzig could give them a challenge. Um, you know, Jude Belling, though, is really good, though. He's out. He's out. Oh, is he out? Ooh. He's got a high ankle sprain. He's out at mm. least three to four weeks. Okay, I'll make, longer. I'll make this an interesting two-to-one w- victory for Real Madrid, though, because they've got other people than Jude Bellingham, but it'll probably be closer to 4-1 if Jude is playing because he is very good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> to start the year off, three of Real Madrid's four starting defenders are out, mm. and Jude Bellingham is out. So I think because Leipzig is a free-scoring squad, I think they steal it here. I think mm-hmm. they win 3-1. Wow. Real Madrid, as of late, has been a little stagnant. Bellingham's kind of been the person like getting them going in the midfield. I just – everyone else in their midfield is old. Besides a couple of young guys, like I don't know if they can still rely on Cruz and Modric to get them through matches. So – yeah, I, mean, I think I go 3-1. Leipzig, they're at home. Real Madrid's depleted on defense. I, it's hard for me to pick against Leipzig at least drawing. But I'm going to say they get the win. Yeah, that is that is a diminished side there for Real Madrid. Uh, we'll see what happens. That could be that could be the makings of an upset there. Um, then we go to Wednesday, and we've got the runner-up of Group E, Lazio, taking on... The winner of Group A, Bayern München, Bayern Munich, if you want to speak it American. Uh, and then for the runner-up, and then the other one, it's the runner-up of Group F, PSG, versus the runner-up of Group H, Real, oh, sorry, the winner of Group H, Real Sociedad. Real Sociedad gets the short end of the stick here, um, drawing PSG, the the runner-up from the Group of Death. Um, how, how do you have these two go in here for for uh, these two sides in what's uh, Rome and Paris, respectively? You know, I I believe 
that Real Sociedad is going to catch PSG sleeping. Really? Because Sociedad domestically is playing well. They were playing really well in the Champions yeah. League. Their defense is very good. I mean, they remind me of like an Inter Milan S. Yeah. Good defense, solid clinical skills in front of goal. I think Real Sociedad takes it 2 0. Really? I don't even think wow. PSG get a goal. Wow. And again, it could be one of those picks that looks terrible after the match, but I just, PSG, they have their history. Mm-hmm. They can't quite get past it. They really only have Mbappe now. And if he doesn't play well, like who's going to score? Right. So I'm going so see that in that one. Lazio, similarly to Sociedad, they play pretty solid defense. But so this is actually a rematch of two years ago oh. or three years ago, round of 16. Bayern took the first game 4 1 at Lazio. So I don't think it'll be quite that bad, but I do think it'll end up being 2 0. Bayern. Mm. I think Bayern's just they're too much of an all around team yeah. to lose to a team like Lazio. They're very good. Bayern's very good. I have them winning four to two. Um just because they can really pour it on. Uh Bayern can. And Lazio tough tough draw for Lazio. I mean the teams you didn't want to play coming out of the coming out of the group stage were Bayern and Man City. They're both looking yeah. very good, both perfect on on the Across the the group stage, um, and you know they're the ones who got unlucky for for Real Sociedad and PSG. I've got I had a similar vibe. I've got it as a one one draw, which I'm sure Real Sociedad will take. I mean, coming out of Parc de Prince with a draw means all you got to do is take care of business at home, right? You just take care of business at home, get get a win, and you're through to the uh, to the quarterfinals. Um, yeah. yeah. Through the quarterfinals. So I think that'll be, I think, I, I, yeah, you're probably right. It'll probably be a pretty dull match. Um, Real Sociedad can, can really squeeze it pretty good. So I think that it ends up being 1 1 there and then 4 2 for Bayern and Lazio with Bayern taking home. And then they'll be able to wrap it up nice and easy uh, there in, in Munich uh, when it comes down the pike. And I'm not sure when the other match day is, but I'm sure it'll be sometime in the future. I, I'm sure that that is correct. Uh, yeah, but that's that's what we are looking forward to later today and tomorrow. Uh, we'll be back here on uh, probably, uh, probably, probably, it'll be later this week, Thursday or Friday. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll get it posted. In the future. <laughs> it'll in be the in the future. future. Now, do you have, do you have a, 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 a trivia Trivia for our answer in the next episode? You know, I was thinking in honor of the Champions League, mm-hmm. I was going to do a Champions League one. And it could be a toss-up, could not be a toss-up, but my my question was which non-Premier League side uh-huh. has won the Champions League? You They're mean, not in the Premier League, and they've never been in the Premier League. Okay, okay, gotcha. So this is a this is a English team. Well, English this, team. this is an English English team, yeah, an English team who's not currently in the Premier League, and that would also then mean that they're and there are two answers is what you're saying, um, and they have never been in the Premier League, so they haven't. Is it is that ninety? When did the Premier League start? Ninety two. Ninety two. So they haven't been in the Premier League, never been in the Premier League, weren't 
good enough in 90-91 to be in the Premier League, well, last into the season 92, and have won the Champions League. Hmm, interesting. Nottingham Forest would have been in there up until recently because uh, they won the they won the Champions League a long time ago, right? I think they did. Yeah, they did. Uh, but up until two seasons ago, that pro- that would have been it would have been three. But hmm, that one's <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to guess that one. That's a that's a deep dive. Well, if you think you know, drop a comment down below. Whoa, that rhymes. Uh, and and we'll give you your props. Flynn twenty one, great to see you out there in the chat. In the well, not the chat, but in the comment section. Good in job, Fulham, getting the dub. Good to see it. Uh, and we will. I be told back. you. I, t- I had to. I had to give them the win. Had to do it for Flynn. Win for Flynn. Win for Flynn. That uh, sounds like a great campaign. Hopefully, they don't ever have to have it because usually that's for people who have leukemia or they're dying. But win for Flynn 21. We did it. We did it, Flynn. We did it. We did it. All right. And until next time later this week, uh, until you see us again, what? Go ahead and grab some coffee, watch some soccer, and we will see you on the other side.